Welcome to Behavior Babes Podcast, presented by me, Dr. Amanda Kelly. Aloha. Today with us on the line, we have Rose Griffin. Rose, are you there? I'm here. Wonderful. Can you please start us off by giving a bit about your background for our listeners? Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, My name is Rose Griffin, and I'm a speech-language pathologist and a board-certified behavior analyst, and um, I really got started in the field as a speech-language pathologist. I really didn't know what I wanted to um, even do with my, my life, really, so my freshman year of college, my mom gave me a career assessment because she was teaching a class about that, and speech therapist is what was one of the recommendations, and I had no idea what a speech therapist did uh, because I really did not have speech when, as a youngster, and so I shadowed a family friend that was a speech-language pathologist, and we went to um, a home health agency. We worked with students at a school. We did so many different things, and I knew that was really exactly um, what I wanted to do. It was, like, very fast-paced, and it was all about helping people. And so I was really lucky, Amanda, to know exactly that's what I wanted to do in college. So I just, like, set my major, took all my classes, um, and became a speech-language pathologist, and I was really lucky to have this amazing, uh, we call it our student teaching externship when we're in graduate school. I worked with a lady who, while she wasn't doing, um, using applied behavior analysis, she had very systematic ways that she was working with students with autism, and we had some really tough students um, with autism, and I, I loved working with all students and continue to love all ages, but I really loved working with um, the more difficult students with autism who either had, you know, um, problem behavior or who were nonverbal. And I really loved, um, you know, making adapted books for them and um, working on things that they loved and seeing kind of that growth. And so um, when I was done with my schooling, I took a job in a school as a speech-language pathologist. And um, after one year in a public school, I started working at a ABA center. And so that's really where I kind of got immersed in working with applied behavior analysis. And it was a specialized program, so it was students who um, their least restrictive environment was this ABA center. And we were a year-round school program. And I learned so uh, much about applied behavior analysis. And, you know, like I'll never forget, we had a student who um, – was 18 and was such a sad case um, when we first met him. He had no way to communicate um, besides this very um, complex uh, problem behavior. And we taught the student, it wasn't even my client, but I still talk about this kid all the time. Um, it was my office mate's uh, client, and she taught him to use a, I don't know if you remember the TechSpeak AAC devices. It was like a static device, um, and so just the buttons that were on there. And she taught him how to request for things that he really loved and enjoyed. And it was so eye-opening to see this this person who was getting some control over their environment and finding their voice, you know, even at 18, um, as challenging as that is. And to see him go from somebody who had no way to communicate besides um, really aggressive and kind of unsafe behavior to being able to, um, you know, tell us that he wanted French fries, you know, when we were at McDonald's and things like that. uh, I was absolutely hooked at that point. And I thought I need to really immerse myself in learning everything I can about applied behavior analysis. And then that's really what, um, you know, I, I stayed there and worked in that position, um, worked in another uh, public school program that was geared towards students um, with autism, and then 
after I got married, I landed in Austin, uh, Texas, Hook'em Horns, and had this really amazing experience as an autism facilitator and support specialist. So um, it was a two-year federally funded program in a uh, very large, for me, very large school district. It was about 35 schools. And so what I would do during that time is I would go to the uh, monthly speech therapy meetings and I would do an, uh, like a half hour presentation about all different types of in aspects of working with students with autism. And then after that presentation, I would go into the district um, schools and I had helped the speech therapist implement those strategies. So it was really, um, it was so cool. It was kind of like, you know, behavioral skills training, right? Even before I knew um, what that meant. Uh, and so during that time, I was lucky enough to um, meet Kelly Wood Rich have you met her, Amanda? She just did the um, verbal behavior conference in Austin. No, I haven't met Kelly. Okay, so she's really great. Um, her supervisor was um, Dr. Carbone, I believe. So, um, you know, I was really immersed in learning another layer, you know, learning about verbal behavior. Um, and during that time when I had that um, administrative position, I, uh, you know, took my courses at UNT and did my supervision with Kelly. And that really shaped um, – you know, how I was practicing and training staff and, and working with my own clients. Um, and then during that time, we moved back up to Ohio, and that is where I studied, 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 studied the Cooper book um, and did some modules back then. There weren't as many <laughs> ways to study, you know. Um, and um, I've been duly certified for about eight years now. So it just it goes by so fast because I remember my daughter was one and I would like put her to bed and then I would study, study, study um, <laughs> before I took the test. Um, and so it's been really amazing um, to have, you know, both to be a speech therapist, to be a BCBA. Um, and now I, I work um, a little bit in an ABA center here that my friend um, is the head of. And then I also work three days in a public middle school, high school, which I really love that kind of age group. And, um, you know, I started this website called ABA Speech because I developed a product called the Action Builder Cards. And what's so cool about having a blog, and um, I'm sure you kind of feel this way too, is that, you know, I'm kind of just, um, I'm helping people kind of learn about the science, um, more specifically geared a little bit more towards um, speech therapists at times, and then kind of, I can kind of help them. And I always say, like, let me be your cheerleader, your mentor, your coach, whatever you kind of need. Um, because I don't know about you, but when I learn some new information, sometimes it's, it's hard for me to actually implement those strategies, even though I want to, um, with my clients. You know what I mean? That implementation part is hard. So it's been really nice to kind of have this platform uh, to be able to reach a wider audience and to kind of help people um, help their their clients with autism. It's so, so important to do that. And I really appreciate having you here on this platform to share about what you're doing. Um, yeah. it, interesting connection, too. I don't know Kelly. We'll have to learn more about her and connect with her. Yeah. But Dr. Carbone was my verbal behavior professor in my PhD program um, as Simmons years ago. And let me tell you, there's nothing more intimidating and (laughs) informative (laughs) than, you know, learning directly from people who have experience and who have achieved a lot of that that change. Um, So a couple questions I have for you. I learned a lot about you in those few moments there, but (laughs) it's always interesting to have people on because I learn more sometimes in these conversations than in our our friendship thus far. But there's a lot of, um, I think, conflict that's possible when we're looking at 
interdisciplinary teams. And that's something yeah. that happens in school settings, that happens in medical, you know, teams as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find, or you, you shared that you saw some, like, positive outcomes, but, yeah. and you wanted to, like, learn more, but how do you go about describing to people kind of that you're a speech pathologist and a behavior analyst in a way that gets them to want to know more? Right. Well, you know, I think what it is is, you know, it's, you know, when I started, you know, presenting kind of, you know, maybe in that position, I don't know, eight to 10 years ago, I would do presentations that were like very general and it'd be like, you know, autism, the incidence rate is one in 200 and something, you know, now it is one in 59. And so it really affects all of us as um, special educators that that's how you're applying the science. And so I think it's really difficult for um, a, a lot of providers. You know, if you are working in a district and maybe you've never worked with a student who's nonverbal or you've never worked with a student who has problem behavior or you've never worked with a student who, uh, you know, didn't like any of the therapy toys in your that you had, Um, or that isn't responding to the strategies that you learned about in in graduate school, um, that it can be really hard. And so I think that people want to learn more because um, especially speech-language pathologists and BCBAs, like we go to school for a very long time, right? We study for a very long time. Most of us have master's degrees. We, you know, we've taken national exams. And and even with all of that training, there are still going to be students that really challenge us. And I've always just loved those types of students. Um, You know, give me your students who have problem behavior. Give me your students who um, do not have a way to communicate. I mean, that is who usually ends up on my caseload because um, that's that's really who I love trying to help. I love trying to help um, students who are hard to help. And, you know, now with this platform, I love trying to help professionals help those students. Because as you know, like, I feel like every year that I do this, I learn something more. Like, I learn new things. It's easier for me to work with certain students because I've picked up new strategies. Or I've talked to somebody about taking data a different way that's a little more efficient. Or, um, and so I try to, like, kind of compact all that knowledge and share that with others. And I know that everybody who's in our field wants to do what's best for kids, and sometimes it's just really hard. So I feel like um, when I'm on um, a team for a student with more complex needs, I just try to um, be the problem solver, and I try to be, you know, obviously I really take that dissemination piece, um, you know, very seriously in our field with ABA. You know, I teach an ethics class here at a local university for people um, seeking their certification, and I always tell people you really have to be the person who is applying ABA in an ethical way, applying ABA in a collaborative way, um, because sometimes what happens, um, you know, you mentioned there a little bit of conflict, is that maybe somebody meets somebody who's a BCBA um, and maybe they don't get off on the right foot and then somebody may say, like, well, every BCBA is like blah, 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 and you know what I mean, then they write off. Um, the entire science, which is so sad because we know that it's so very powerful and it literally changes lives. So um, I just try to every day try to model how it can be really helpful for students. It's a really nice way to talk about blending what we're all there for into that common shared goal, right, and articulating it. And I have a shared sort of um, experience in the sense that the toughest students are the ones whose teachers or support staff have some of the biggest buy-in, right? Because they have a right. lot at stake, and they right. they've been asking for help often, <laughs> and, right? Um, um, you know, we kind of take it every, from every angle. 
You mentioned the Action Builder card, so you kind of glanced over that or said it so fast. Can you go back yeah. to talking about that and what that yeah. is, how you came to create those and what people yeah. use them for? Yeah, I um, it's just really random, but it's um, – th- so they'll be two years old um, in a couple months, and I was just about three years ago, I was just – I just had, like, this idea. I don't know. It just kind of came to me um, because um, in the ABA center that I work at, and actually in the public school, I, I remember doing a training for, um, uh, you know, support staff on how to use Google Images to create individualized materials because we know that – we want to, um, you know, work on things that are very individualized for our students and functional and meaningful. And so a lot of the times that means, you know, us making our own materials. Um, and so I always taught language in a real systematic way. So let's say I have a student and they are working on expressive labeling of washing. And then they also, um, you know, they know the labels for, like, um, dish and hair and hands. Well, then I, as a speech-language pathologist, and kind of with my BCBA brain, I'm thinking, like, okay, well, I want to build on this. So, like, let's do phrases. Let's do washing dish, washing hands, washing hair. Um, and a lot of the picture cards that are out there, um, that were out there on the market, you know, they just have, like, that one picture of washing. They have one picture of eating. But we know that, you know, multiple exemplar training is so very important to help our students plan for generalization. And I always love that phrase, and I can't even remember now where I heard it, but, you know, we don't want to pray for generalization. We really want to plan for it. And so um, I really took that to heart, and I thought, gosh, if I am here in my uh, little ABA center making all these different Google image um, cards for, for students, then I know that everybody is doing this. And so I just I created a physical product. Um, there are 100 therapy flashcards, and they have different examples of commonly used actions like washing and um, blowing and eating and playing and things like that. And um, there's guiding text on the back, and people really – seem to like them. It's a way that you can, um, you know, generalize different things that are functional for students and and they're durable too, which is always nice. Um, but, you know, I had never created something like that, Amanda. I didn't know even where to begin. And so that was super stressful because I had to get a designer and a printer and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was just, before we popped on here, I was like getting some cards ready to send to a distributor. So I have learned way more than I ever expected about shipping and FedEx and USPS, um, but it's been really exciting. And people literally all over the world have them. And so that's really been a joy to know that, um, you know, I'm helping people, uh, you know, plan for generalization and work on functional language skills for students. Thanks. And thanks for, you know, saving a lot of us a lot of time um, <laughs> or extending your time to help us out there and be more efficient as practitioners. Of course. Um, so something else I wanted to ask you about is you have um, your you have your practice that you've done or your experiences in different settings. You're duly mm-hmm. certified. You're you're now the creator and designer of these cards. <laughs> you're right. working on a on a ton of different projects. Yeah. Um, but you've also mentioned still maintaining or having access to some clients. Do you yeah. feel that that um, well, rather than uh, do you feel, how do you feel, or what do you feel that impact it has on your consultation and on the, the information and conversations you have with others? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just great. Like, I really love speech therapy. Like, I, I just knew I've been lucky in that sense. You know, some people kind of wander through life and, and don't really have, like, something they're super passionate about. But I've always really loved what we do. Like, every day, even if it's, like, a day, you know, right before school ends or something, like, I'm still like, oh, you know, like, cool. Okay, I'm going to work. This is great um, because I'm helping people, and I really love that. And um, I just feel like that's been um, really great. But, you know, like, I'm in the trenches. So, you know, I think, too, you know, when I – when I work with speech language pathologists and I um, now our company ABA speech is an ASHA approved provider, uh, which is a really nice thing. It's kind of the equivalent of, you know, a BCBA being an ACE provider um, kind of has that meaning to it. And so it's been really nice to, to talk about different strategies that are evidence-based um, and that I'm also uh, using with my clients um, and things like that. And I like to show, um, you know, a lot of times when I do trainings and things like that, I, um, you know, have had some parents who said, yeah, sure, you know, definitely please show, you know, you can show these videos of therapy and things like that. Um, because I always love, um, you know, it's sometimes as speech language pathologists, and I'm sure BCBA feel this way too, depending on your workplace, you're kind of like on this island all by yourself. And like, you know, you, you don't always have somebody to talk to, you know, like when's the last time you saw a somebody in a session with a client like you don't always get to see that so I always try to definitely um, include those types of things in my trainings because I always love to go to trainings where somebody is talking about what they're implementing in their practice and and I think it just it allows me to know um, you know what people are really dealing with like yeah it's really hard to be on these um, teams where there's lots of different professionals because, you know, sometimes it's hard to for everyone to see eye to eye. And if we don't agree on everything, that's okay. But how do we work on that? And, um, you know, those are some of the hardest things. But I think that um, it helps me be really cognizant of all those things that professionals are facing uh, in the day-to-day, -day, the day-to-day -day grind that we're all kind of out there helping students every day. Sometimes we get rewarded in education or in this profession by being further and further removed from clients. Um, right. I, too, find a lot of joy and um, sometimes just that healthy perspective of what it's like to be running a, a three-hour session with a three-year-old. Um, <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. You know? I yeah. did that for the summer, and then I was like, hey, how about we evaluate how long our session should be or <laughs> um, the structure of these sessions, right? It gives right. us that healthy dose of other people's experience as well. Right. Um, so you mentioned that you, again, um, that you've had a lot of different experiences, but um, before we were also talking about some supervision that you guys, that you're now kind of a part of our offering. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, so it's been about two years that I've kind of informally been uh, providing supervision for people seeking their BCBA certification with a fellow uh, BCBA that I met here. Um, we have this really amazing organization here in Ohio uh, called Milestones. They have a really great, actually, website with really informative things um, for parents. And it was a, a cool organization started by two parents um, many years ago when their children were small. Uh, they met in a therapy office, and there weren't a lot of a lot of resources out there. So now it's grown into this huge thing. They just had the conference um, a couple weeks ago, and we had, uh, you know, a nationally known keynote and um, 
and in all these great things. But anyway, I was getting a lot of, as soon as I started ABA Speech, I'd have a lot of people say like, hey, you know, can you provide supervision? I'm going back to get my BCPA. And um, knowing that I had a lot on my plate and knowing that I wanted somebody who, uh, I really want to provide like a well-rounded experience for people. So while I use the science of applied behavior analysis, I really am focusing a lot more on the communication piece. And so I met um, through the Milestones organization, there's a BCBA networking um, thing. I met a fellow BCBA a couple years ago, and so we just really got along, had a really good conversations, and so we started providing um, supervision together for people who were, you know, wanting to get their BCBA. And so informally, we've kind of been doing this together for two years, and so we just launched a company called Supervision Academy. And we're providing and specializing in providing remote supervision. So it's been so cool to be able to um, provide that supervision. You know, we have people who live in remote areas, um, Oklahoma, Kansas, and then we just have people who are kind of practicing um, and uh, don't have somebody locally who can supervise. And so it's been really great to be able to uh, talk with people and um, provide that kind of individualized ap approach because we have speech therapists, we have teachers, we have people who work in, you know, centers. And, I mean, I don't know. I just really love um, collaborating with other people. And so, for me, supervision is really, this is, like, fun for me <laughs> to talk to people like that. So that's something new that we've, uh, we've been doing. And how do people learn more about it, or is there a website that they can yeah. Yeah, um, www.supervisionacademy.com. And um, we did a live webinar about a month ago, and so you can, um, you know, put your email in there, and it, it will send you the live webinar. It's myself and then um, the other co-founder, co her name's Rachel Torrance, and she has her own ABA uh, business called Accessing Abilities that's here in Ohio. And so we just kind of talk about our approach and, um, you know, making sure that it's individualized. And, and, you know, I think some people, you know, sometimes when you're not paying for supervision, sometimes when you're getting your supervision for free, and, and definitely not all the time, but, you know, sometimes the person that's providing supervision has so much on their plate that they can't really provide you with um, the supervision experience that you deserve, you know, because after you get your credentials, like, you know, you need to be kind of ready to go and you want to make sure that you've learned um, a lot during your coursework. And so we want to make sure that people are feeling um, they're like they're getting a really well-rounded experience. So we do free consults too, you know, like if you want to talk about, you know, what your specific case is because everybody kind of has their own, you know, I'm getting this many hours or I'm doing this or, you know, um, so we definitely like to, to reach out and talk to people and make sure it's going to be a good fit for them with the academy. Now, when you have people who come to you and they are pursuing either um, a degree in, in speech and language or they want to take courses to become a behavior analyst, do you have, from your own experiences, recommendations about how somebody does that? Would they do one, then another, or... Yeah, I mean, everybody kind of goes about it differently. I definitely feel like, I mean, I was just looking, um, I think, on our, uh, the little, the, the Facebook group. It's actually not little. There's thousands of people on this SLP BCBA Facebook book group. But um, there's about 400 people now who are duly certified. And I feel like a majority of those people were speech-language pathologists first and became BCBAs. I feel like that's the larger percentage. But that's not always the case. So, I mean, I feel like if it's something that, um, you're really passionate about that, you know, you should do it because it really helps you, even if you're not going to change your job position, um, 
because not everybody does with that, but it gives you more flexibility and it really allows you to help your clients in a way um, that's so very specific and so very helpful for them. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. And yes, I imagine a lot of situations are unique, but I was always curious about that. I'm like, are these yeah. teaching languages pathologists who want to become behavior analysts or the other way around? Or <laughs> right. if somebody had the choice of, of what to do if they knew they wanted to be both, you know, kind of stuff. Right. So excellent to know that there's, and so there's about 400, you said? Yeah, about 400 people worldwide who are duly certified. And what's so neat, um, when I met you at ABAI in San Diego, that was great. I got to meet um, what's so nice about that conference is there's so many different times to kind of, you know, um, to meet with people that are interested in what you're interested in. You know what I mean? So if you're big into dissemination, there's groups for that. If you're big into um, animal stuff, there's groups for that, you know. And then I got to meet so many different speech therapists who are also BCBAs from Australia and Sweden and um, – it's just so cool to be able to connect with people like that when you have such a unique common bond, you know? <laughs> Definitely. The Internet is wonderful for that, and I feel like without <laughs> it, I'm not sure I could literally live on an island. Um, <laughs> you mentioned ABAI. Are there other conferences that you prioritize or that you recommend people go to? Yeah, I mean, that is the, the main one that I've been to that's more geared towards BCBAs. Um, I did go to the Milestones organization was nice. There are, you know, people are always kind of looking for, um, at least in my little world, are looking for places where you can get SLP and BCBA credits, um, and that's a conference to look into. Um, it's two days. Um, this year our keynote was Michelle Garcia winner, and in years past we had um, – Peter Gerhart, who is so amazing. Do you know Peter Gerhart? Have you heard of him? Yes, yes. Peter and I had a chance to present together in Canada last year. And oh, he okay. so is a he's, joy of a man. <laughs> yes, he is. So, like, I love him, and I know him from, like, so long ago. Like, when I first worked at the ABA Center, he was, like, friends with our director. And so I remember now it's so funny because he literally keynotes, like, these humongous conferences. But I knew him, like, a long time ago, like, probably 13 years ago and he was like he just like was doing a presentation and then he came to visit his friend who was our director and he talked to like maybe 40 of us in a classroom and I'm like oh my gosh this is so I mean he just has such great information and now I really specialize um most of my caseload is middle school high school so um his message just is definitely very uh functional and I, I always love what he has to say because you know not a lot of people talk about um, working with individuals who have autism who are older. So I always talk about Peter and, um, you know, all the great work that he does. So it's a really cool conference. But, you know, and I always go, Amanda, I always go to ASHA, which is um, the speech pathology conference. So that's always, I mean, last year there were, it was in Boston, there were 20,000 people there. It was like record attendance. Um, and it's really cool because you can learn about things that maybe, you haven't done in a while, you know, like taking a language sample or you can learn about things that maybe clients you're not particularly treating right now, but um, things that you might be interested in. And so it kind of like revives you and kind of gives you that enthusiasm for different parts of our field. Because, you know, speech therapist scope is so broad. Like we, we learn about working with people who have swallowing disorders, who have strokes and, and you know, then people with autism. Um, and so it, there's just so much to know. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Um, and there are definitely some opportunities there that I hadn't heard of. So I'm sure other listeners as well will appreciate that. Um, before we end the, our conversation today, I want to give you an opportunity to share any other resources, events, good news, fun stories 
um, <laughs> anything yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I would love um, people to check out my website if you have a, a second. It's abaspeech.org. I have a blog, and I offer a lot of really good uh, free content that is behaviorally oriented and is talking all about communication and things of that nature. And then I also came out with a new um, product. It's called Double Up, and it is a four-person player game that works on matching picture-to-picture or matching by association. And it deals with vocabulary that is functional for older students. So hygiene vocabulary items, um, leisure items, and the pictures are real pictures. I was just having a really hard time, you know, with students who may never really get beyond that matching picture to picture, um, allowing them to have age-respectful and age-appropriate ways to engage in leisure, not only in their classroom setting, um, but it's something that people can play at home with their family and friends, too. So that's something that's super exciting. Um, and then also that abaspeech.org, we are an ASHA-approved provider. So if you know any speech-language pathologists who um, want to learn more about helping students with autism who um, are nonverbal and or who are really struggling to find their voice, we have a really cool course called Help Me Find My Voice. It's five hours, and um, you get a free set of Action Builder cards shipping to the United States currently at this time, um, and people really love um, taking that course. And it, what's cool about that course, too, Amanda, it has a private Facebook page. So when you sign up for the course, you get, um, you know, sent a, a set of Action Builder cards, and then you're a member of this Facebook page. I go in live once a month. I answer questions. Um, and so it's really kind of helping people apply what they're learning in the course um, to their own clients. And so that's been a really cool way for me to connect with people and a way for people to ask questions about the information and things of that nature. So those are definitely things that we're super excited about. Excellent. Excuse me, and excellent resources for everybody there. Rose, thank you again for joining us um, today. I really appreciate your contribution to the conversation. Thanks so much for having me. It was great talking to you. And for anyone who's interested in learning more about applied behavior analysis, please visit us at www.behaviorbabe.com.